0: Good morning. You keep your Bibles open there to Second Corinthians chapter thirteen. That's where we're going to spend a predominant amount of our time this morning, kind of digging in to that t- text together. I want to start this morning with a couple of analogies that I want us to kind of put into our mind, and I want you to kind of keep them there as we move along. I'm going to give you a couple of them, and then you could choose kind of which one kind of seems best for you as we move through. Well, we're familiar with uh, the automobile industry. When they're building a new car or they're creating a new uh, component in some capacity, there are tests after tests after tests after tests that are made. A, a lot of them to, do, to make sure that they're safe the car itself is safe, if it is to drive, the brakes are safe, the steering wheel is working the way that it needs to do, Uh, the wheels, the tires are safe, all of the safety components operate in the way that they are, and they are tested. Uh, One of the most well-known tests, of course, of automobiles would be crash tests. That they will slam these cars into barriers, and they'll put mannequins or dummies, if you will, into the car to see how they react in these various crash scenarios. And you can be able to get your hands on all of that information if you were to buy a car in some capacity. So I want you to keep that analogy in your mind. The second analogy is this. You're coming up to a bridge, if you will, Maybe a suspension bridge, a wooden bridge over a river or over a, a chasm of some sort. Just think about going across a bridge. And when you come up to that bridge, it looks sketchy. So maybe you shake it a little bit to see what happens. Or you uh, get one of your friends to go first. No, if you, Or, or maybe you kind of put one foot out there and just kind of you know, bounce on it and kind of touch on it just to see, maybe go out, you know, a little bit just to see if it holds, maybe do a couple of bounces, you know, to see if it's going to hold you. Put it to the test, if you will. Now, both of those scenarios we're familiar with. Now, I want to take that hypothetical another step. Let's say you were on the market to buy a vehicle. You're trying to make a determination between two cars, and you've got the salesman there with you, and you're like, you know, this red one I really, really like for whatever reason, but, you know, this blue one, I really like it as well, and I just i am having a hard time deciding. And the salesman says, well, listen, I've got some information that may make a difference for you. This red one did terrible in its crash tests. This red one here, every time it was tested and it was crashed in some capacity, it crumpled up like a piece of paper. Every single time, even with the smallest of speeds, the dummy that was inside ejected out of the car because the seat belts also don't work real well and it was catastrophic destruction every single time. That's the red car. Uh, Who among us would then say, well, listen, that's the determining factor to me. I'm going to go with the red one. No one would say that, right? That would be foolish. Or even in our other scenario, we're about to cross a bridge, and as we're shaking the bridge, we look down, and about half of the planks pop off and just kind of fall away. Or we step out on the first plank and it snaps in half and we stumble back. And every step that we take, it creaks and it cracks and it shudders. Who then among us is walking across? You see, all of us understand that. None of us are buying the red car. None of us are walking across the bridge in those capacities because after the test, it was deemed to not be safe. When we test things, we want them to be safe. Now, that scenario, whichever one you like the best, makes perfect sense to us. And this morning, that's what we're going to do but not for a car that we may or not be buying or a bridge that we may or not be crossing. We're going to do it this morning to ourselves. And I know you're sitting out there uh, uh, this morning and and maybe you've heard hundreds of lessons in the past and maybe a lot of those lessons, you've got the preacher up here saying, listen, we've got to be honest with ourselves. We've got to examine ourselves. We've got to test ourselves. Now, I don't know how many times I've said that. I'm going to encourage you with the strongest of words that I can muster for this morning to understand the importance and the urgency even to stay open, to stay honest, to stay alert to what God's word has to say because we're going to put ourselves to the test. And just like with that car or with that bridge, it's going to come down to are we Safe, And if the test reveals that we're not, what, are, what am I then going to do about it? That's 2 Corinthians chapter 13, specifically verse 5. Justin read for us verses 5 through 8. We are going to expand the context. Most of our time is going to be spent right here in verse 5. We will expand the context a little bit after verse 5, a little bit before verse 5. But in a lot of ways, we will be springboarding from this page specifically. So I have on the screen behind me 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. Examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. Prove yourself. Uh, Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? I, I have behind me the New King James version of this and I've highlighted a couple of key words. And I want you to be looking for these keywords in the Bible that you have. Now, you may be using a different translation as I have. I know Justin read from the English Standard, English Standard Version, the ESV. And he's, he gave us words like examine and test or realize was the third word that he gave us. You may be using the numerical Standard that gives us words like Test or examine or recognize. You may be seeing words like that. Whatever words that you see in those capacities... What Paul is asking these brethren to do and us is quite clear as he gets to the very end of this epistle and he's had all kinds of very specific, applicable, practical things to be thinking about. And he gets to the very end of this epistle and he says, now, now that you've got all of this information, and now that you're in a capacity to be thinking about all of these spiritual things, take a step back and put yourself to the test. Examine yourself and know yourself. And so he wants us to dig in. That's what he's talking about. This isn't some cursory surface level look at myself like I did this morning in the mirror to make sure my tie was straight. This is a test that is digging into my heart, into my mind, into my will deeply. Putting my heart, my very will to the test. Getting to know myself. Not always easy. Hurts a lot of times. But Paul, as he closes this epistle, is wanting them to do so. And he's wanting them to understand, are they in the faith? That, for us this morning, represents the safe zone. Isn't that what we want from our tests? The cars that we buy, we want them to have gone through tests, and we want then those tests to have deemed that car that I'm driving safe. That's what we want. The bridges that we cross, whether walking across them or driving across them, we want those bridges to have gone through tests. And we want those tests then to have deemed that bridge safe that we are crossing. That's what we want. And that's what Paul wants us to do to ourselves. He wants us to test ourselves, to examine ourselves, to make sure that we are safe. And that safe is represented by this phrase, in the faith. All the translations that you have in your lap is going to use a phrase similar to that. The NLT will render it a little bit differently. That helps us a little bit. It says that we are going to do so to see if your faith is genuine. All of those things mean the same. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to do just that. We're going to test ourselves. We're going to examine ourselves. We're going to get to know ourselves to see if we are safe. So what are we going to look for? Well, we're going to stay in the same context. We're going to stay in the same passage that helps us in a couple of different ways to know what it is that we are going to be looking for. And the first thing we're going to be looking for is sin. Think about it as examining ourselves. Is there sin in my life? Am I acting according to the flesh? Listen, we can say in the same context, one chapter back, but at the very end of that chapter, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul helps us in thinking about some of these things. Look at verse 20. For I fear lest when I come I shall not find you such as I wish and that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish lest there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults, all of these things are not Christ-like. And he makes mention of these things. He's like, I don't want to find these things. I I, I want you to be looking for these kinds of things. I want you to be looking for these types of things. These types of things are not Christ-like. These types of things do not showcase being in the faith. Now, this list that is given to us here, listen, let's not get too fancy this morning. That's not the difficulty of a lesson like this. The difficulty is not in the understanding. The difficulty is not in the hearing. The difficulty is in the testing. That's where the difficulty is in this morning. And so let's not get fancy this morning. We are called upon and we have a unique opportunity this morning as we study together to take a moment, to take a moment, to take a breath, to count to ten, to look into our hearts, to look into our souls, to look into our wills. We're searching for sin. Maybe it's one of the ones that is made mention of by Paul here in Second Corinthians chapter 12. Maybe it's a sin that he lists in other places in Scripture, or maybe it's somewhere else. We're searching for it. We're looking for it. I'm doing that myself. I've done it this week as I've prepared for this lesson. I'm doing it currently. I'm asking you to do the same. You look into your life. You look into the life that you live. You look into the things that you know about yourself that maybe no one else knows. You are able to test and examine pieces of you that I cannot, only God can test and examine. So we've got to do it this morning. We've got to see if we are in the faith. We have to test ourselves. And here's the scary part. Not to be offensive or to necessarily be harsh in any way, but if this morning as you have tested your heart, if you this morning have found sin there, If you have found sin in your life, that you're not living Christ-like, if you're not living according to the Spirit, but living according to the flesh, if that is what you have found within yourself, you have failed that test this morning. You are not safe in the faith. You are not in a safe place. You are in a dangerous place. You are in a dangerous place because you have failed the test. But before we harp on that too much, let's not fret too greatly. The reason it is so important to be able to test and examine ourselves, not just at this easy opportunity. Do you understand that's what this is? This is an easy opportunity to do it today. We're all sitting here. We're reading it. We're talking about it. We're surrounded by people who love us. It is an easy time to examine ourselves right now. If we're struggling this morning to examine yourself this, right now, oh, man, you're going to have a massive difficulty of testing yourself throughout the week. So if you have tested yourself this morning and there is sin there, the reason it's so important, even if you have failed in your examination, that there remains now time to do something about it. Even in the text that we had just read, beginning there in verse 20, I'm going to read verse 20 again, this time I'm going to bleed into verse 21 to finish that sentence, to see what it is that Paul says about it. He says again, verse 20, For I fear lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I wish, and that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish, lest there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults. Verse 21, lest... When I come again, my God will humble me among you, and I shall mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness, fornication, and lewdness which they have practiced. And so what happens here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 21 is it points out the importance of once we have identified those things in our test, We fix those things. Let's go back to our two analogies. Uh, Let's say you are a car manufacturer, and and you are putting your car to the test, and you notice that the front axle, when it goes to uh, uh, make a right-hand turn, one of the important bolts there pops off every time. Every time you make a right-hand turn, a bolt pops off. And you test that and you test that, and because you have tested it and you found it to be dangerous, you then make the changes necessary so that it's safe, so that when you test it again and make that right-hand turn, the bolt stays on. You fixed it. Or you're coming up to a bridge that you need to cross, Maybe you're the bridge builder and maintenance person and you shake that bridge and one plank pops off. Well, you go to that spot and you replace that plank. You fix it. It failed the test. It's dangerous. But because you ran the test, you're now able to fix the problem and make it safe. You see, before you're unable, without the test, it just remained dangerous But because you ran the test, you can now make it safe. And so do you see the importance now of the test? Without running the test, we just remain in trouble. We remain in a dangerous place. But if we run the test, now we can fix it. We can do something about it. It is the power of what God will do for us. I want you to hold your fingers at 2 Corinthians chapter 13. We're most certainly going to come back there. There's a passage, one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 139. There's a lot of incredible things that are happening in this psalm. You know, mainly, it is in every way a song about God, who God is, what God is all about, the the knowledge space that God operates in. The presence that God operates in, the power God operates with. It is one of those omni passages, if you will, that talk about all of His greatness of who he is and what he's all about. And the psalmist there is going over all of these things, and he's lifting up God, and he's glorifying God, and he's thanking God for all of those things. And when he gets to the very end of that, after he has made all of these incredible statements about God and who he is, he now responds to God. Now listen to how he does so. Listen to what he says. I'm at the very end of Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Listen to what he says. Search me, O God. This is after he has stated God sees everything, He knows everything. You cannot hide from God in any capacity. And so, what does the psalmist do? He welcomes, welcomes that searching. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. You see what the psalmist is asking for? He's like, look, look, I'm open. You look at me. You test me. You examine me. If there is any wickedness, if there is any sin, lead me out of that. So as we close this point, how open are we to this type of testing? This type of examining, how open are we to that? You see, if we are examining ourselves, we are searching for sin. And if we find it, we are fixing it so that we'll be safe. Secondly. If we are proving ourselves, we are living Christ-like. We're, we're not just rooting out the negative, if you will, but we're also looking for the positives. We're rooting out the negative. We are looking for the positives, right? We're doing all of those things. And, and so I want us to see why all of these kinds of things are important. Are we exhibiting Christ-like behaviors in our lives? We're looking for those kinds of things. Are we Christ-like in our behavior? Are we Christ-like in the way that we talk to and we treat the people around us? We're looking for those things. Are we Christ-like in the way that we reverence God as Christ did? As we reverence Him in our worship as we are this morning? As we reverence Him in our prayers? Are we concerned with our own holiness as Jesus was concerned? Are we concerned with those kinds of things? Are we looking for those things? We could stay in the book of 2 Corinthians again in this same context, but just going back a couple of chapters, look back to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, beginning in verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, beginning in verse 9. Look at what he has to say. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, beginning in verse 9. Listen close to what he says. He says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry. This is going to be a, a familiar passage to some, but we're expanding that context a little bit. Verse 10 is pretty familiar, but look on the other, either sides of it. Now rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to Repentance for you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us and nothing. Verse 10, for godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. And so now you have repentance, right? You have repentance. Godly sorrow has led to repentance and it has produced repentance. That's a little bit of where we just were a moment ago but look at what verse 11 then says. He goes on to say, for observe this very thing that you sorrowed in a godly manner, producing repentance, right? But then he says this, what diligence it produced in you, what clearing of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what vehement desire, what zeal, what vindication, and all things you proved yourselves to be clear in this matter. What an interesting phraseology there. He he says, you've gone through the process, godly sorrow that led to repentance, and the godly sorrow that led to repentance, it then led to diligence, and it led to zeal and it led to being on fire. It just didn't end. It didn't end there. It led to these other things. And in that, you have proved yourselves. You see, it's not about just rooting out the negative, but it is also about looking for the positives. After we've examined ourselves, after we have rooted out any sin that may have been there, we are proving ourselves by demonstrating our repentance. we're not doing that, we have failed the test. We have demonstrated that we are not in the faith. Now, the key component to all of that, why it's important, why it is important, is this phrase at the end. Unless you are disqualified. If you are in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, as Justin read for us in this context, it pops up multiple times. You have it in verse 5. You have it in verse 6. You have it again in verse 7. The same word, disqualified. We don't often reference the old King James, but, but I will here because it uses an almost even scarier word. Uh, that I think helps us, unless you are a reprobate. And you may not even know what that means, but you're like, that doesn't sound good. I don't don't know, but it doesn't sound like something I want to be, right? That doesn't sound lovely. It isn't. Lest you be disqualified. That Greek word specifically, here is the definition, unapproved, that is rejected by implication worthless, cast away, rejected, reprobate. That's the definition of that Greek word. Does any of that sound great? Does it sound great to me? It Does it sound something super fantastic? You you may be using something other than the old King James or the new King James as I use and have on the screen behind me. All other translations, every single one of them, will use the phrase, fail the test, as Justin read for us from the ESV. All of the others, fail the test. This is where we need not to be. No one wants that. No one wants that. No one wants to be a reprobate. No one here wants to be disqualified. No one here wants to be a failure. No one of us wants that here today. How do we make sure that that's not us? Examine, test, prove, recognize, realize so that we can know we are safe. That's where I want to be. So, the punch this morning is this. Doesn't matter how badly I want to, doesn't matter how badly our three elders may want to, we cannot test like this for you. You've got to test yourself. You've got to examine yourself. And we're doing so because what an incredible opportunity we have right now to do it. And God has not promised more opportunities than the one that we have. None of us want to drive a car that's been untested because that's dangerous. No one one of us wants to walk or drive across a bridge that's been untested. Not one of us would do it. Not one of us would do it. So if we wouldn't do that, why then would I carry my soul and lay it untested before God? Why would I do that? Cross my fingers? Foolish. Foolish. So let's make sure that when I lay my soul before God, it is one that has been thoroughly examined and thoroughly tested so that I can know that I'm in the faith. But I can't do that for you. You can't do that for me. We've got to be willing to do it for ourselves. It's a simple concept, easy lesson. Sometimes tricky application. We've got a great opportunity to do that. Let's take advantage of the opportunity that we have. Let's continue to test, improve, and examine. Well, this morning, I appreciate you listening so well. What a great opportunity that we have to do some of that kind of thinking. Brad is going to lead us in a song of invitation. that's going to encourage us to think about those things. And it may be that spiritually you find that you have failed the test. And maybe it's something right there between you and God that needs to be taken care of. And I'd encourage you to do that. You talk to Him. You repent. You prove yourself from that point forward. Maybe it's something we can help you with. Maybe your relationship with God hasn't yet even begun. You remain in your sin. Sins that need to be washed away in the waters of baptism. Maybe there's some other way that we can help you. If that's the case, you let us know as we stand and sing.